Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. So, well, it's great to be with you today. Hi, everyone. We're doing this a little differently. Aren't we are. Mrs. Warren? We're going to do this as a conversation between us both. A conversation on sex. Yes. So we're kicking off a three-week series, mini-series, uh, still in Corinthians. Yes. We uh, are now in chapter 5, 6, and seven, 7, where Paul starts talking into the subjects of sex, marriage, and relationships. Yes. Or, sorry, singleness. Yeah. So talking about relationships, romantic relationships. So I know this is going to help us, regardless of what stage of life yes. you're at. Yeah. Or what type of experience you've had yeah. in this area. Yeah, absolutely. So the setting we're talking into, or Paul is talking into right here in the Corinthian church, is one where there is, was a lot of sexual immorality going on. In fact, so much so, they were even boasting and proud about their sexual exploits. Uh, there was uh, sexual activity going on within family units that was so... Uh, unhealthy. Yeah, it was a very liberal culture in those days, wasn't it? It was. Very, yeah. yeah. And the second thing, Lisby, uh, Paul was talking into was the fact there was not enough sex going on within marriage. Yes. And so he is he trying to speak to married couples yes. about how to have a healthy sexual relationship. Yeah. And of course, that helps uh, uh, prevent sexual immorality mm. to, to some degree. Mm. Mm. So we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 6 and, uh, and 1 Corinthians 7. We've picked out two portions, so we're not going to go through the whole of those no. chapters. You can do that at home. But starting in verse 12, he says this, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. He's quoting there Genesis 2.24. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now for the matters you wrote about. It is good for a man not to have sexual relationships with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relationships with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, 
but yields it to her husband. And in the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but he yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. Each one has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Fantastic. So we've been talking, haven't we, about how do we sum this up? Yeah, in one single thought, what summarizes everything we just read? Because it's such a huge scripture and so much to talk about. And, and I kind of think that there's one scripture in here that asks us one big question. And for me, I think as we've talked about it, it hinges on this scripture on six nineteen. Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who is in you that you've received from God? And I think this is what we've come to the conclusion. It's actually the title of this message is a question. And that is, um, who does my body belong to? Who does my body belong to? And I think that this scripture kind of all comes together in, in that question that we have to nail personally we need to get a revelation on don't we yes we do um as to because interwoven into the fabric of our society is a is a different message from this one and a message that it really says your body is completely your own to do what you like with um that there's a lot of personal autonomy freedom rights liberality that your body's your own and you know as we look at this you know and, and in many ways what paul is saying is that is a lie Right. That you have been bought with a price, and and that um and our journey as believers in Christ is to renew our mind away from that thinking, and into the thinking that our bodies are actually not our own, right? right. And so it comes down to a question of who is Lord, who is yes. Lord of our lives, who is Lord of our bodies, and Paul sometimes uses the word slave. Now, I know in our society we've got to be careful how we use that word, but when you're serving something Mm. like God, you're a slave to, you're connected to one who is supremely good, healthy, and has your best interest in mind. So we have to get into our minds that we are not of our own. We are his, he is Lord, and therefore we're his slave. Absolutely. And, and, And when we think about it, your body belongs and is owned by God twice. It's owned by him because he created you, Right. And because he redeemed you. So he's, he's, it's almost like he's, uh, you are therefore a, a steward of your body. You're actually not an owner. And I love if you put the two right. scriptures together, like from Psalm, where it says, um, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So my body's been created by God. But also, Paul talks about you've been paid, you've been bought with a price. So you've been redeemed. So, like, right. wow, doubly, my body does not belong to me. Right. You've been created That's really by him strong. and redeemed by him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and uh, but you know, I just think, you know, a lot of what we've been saying is ha- how do we, and this is what we want to try and help people understand. How do we go through a journey where we're renewing our mind in line with my body is not is not is not my own. We are His people, called out to be different, 
Um, and that's what we're really going to be looking at, isn't it? Exactly. And yeah. I, so in six, chapter 6, verse 13, he says this. And this is an interesting comparison. I find mm. that pictures and comparisons and analogies help us catch it. He says, you say food for the stomach and the stomach for mm. food. Your stomach's relationship with food is very intimate. Your stomach's purpose, its design was for food, to digest, consume, turn it into energy and mm -hmm. health for your yeah. body. It exists for food. And then he goes on to say, um, the body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. He's using the same word for, belonging to, ownership toward. That is, your very, the very reason you have a body, the very purpose of your body is for him. Yeah. And him good. Yeah. for it. That the intimacy between mm. uh, of its value and its purpose is intimate with Christ. You, you become cannot, one with Christ. You do right? become, we become one, with one with Christ. And you can't you can't separate your pursuit of Jesus with your sexual activity, can no, you? No. Just, they're just connected. One, of the, aren't one they? of the interesting things we have to battle with in our minds is we often see freedom yeah. as as liberalism yes. so freedom is i can do anything i want but mm. the, the truth is we can never do anything we want we are a mixture of our value systems our history our mm -hmm. brokenness uh, all sorts of things make us up and we run between the lines the tracks of all those things yeah, we're we're either serving jesus mm. as our master or we're serving sin and the devil uh we're serving something always serving something and so freedom isn't restraint from boundaries freedom is choosing healthy good wholesome liberating boundaries to work within and yeah. so in this text he's giving us that he's telling us what is a good healthy sexual life sexuality i guess he's unpacking that scripture he's also said somewhere else you know it's for freedom that christ has set us free right. so he's going it's in this that it counts too where's the freedom in, in, in your sexuality and giving right. us great parameters that are life-giving. Sometimes, you know, when you, you hear messages on this, it's very much about, oh, sex is bad, sex is negative, and it's not, it's beautiful. Yeah. But it's all about the context to which we use it and understanding that it, it fits within, which we're gonna talk about, the covenant of marriage. Right. And that's where it's been put in a safe place, so. So why don't we talk yeah. about that now? Let's talk about the context yeah, okay. of, of sex. In or out of marriage. Yeah, because we want to bit deep dive into these scriptures that really do imply, as we've read, that that that, that marriage is sacred mm -hmm. and sex is to be kept within that. So sex is a created thing. It's right. not just something that like we've evolved to do as human beings, is it? God created it. And we always say that what um, that the creator of anything knows best how to make something work. Like if I've, you know. Um, I can't think of an illustration, um, but a watch creator. Yeah, good analogy. Rolex watch people know how, I shouldn't call Rolex, whatever. Um, they're going to know how things work best yes. and they're going to be able to put instructions to it and you know what to do. And it's exactly the same in a sense with God. He's created, he's created sex. So he knows how powerful it is and how beautiful it is and the best context for it. So these scriptures really talk about marriage um, is a and beyond out of these scriptures through the New Testament that marriage is a covenant, right? 
um, and that the gift of sex and exploration of anything to do with sex sits within a covenant of vows that you make before God and friends and family, and it varies from culture to culture. And that within that within that um, marriage covenant, this scripture in seven says your bodies actually belong to one another right. as well. Yes, yes. Um, so seven, chapter seven, verse two, it says, but since sexual yeah. immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations yeah. with his wife and each woman with her husband. And so it's very clear, and this is only one scripture of yeah, many, of course. Of many, yeah. Very clear that sex is between husband and wife. In fact, later Paul says, mm. for those of you who are unmarried, and he then calls them virgins, he, he makes the assumption yeah. that you're a virgin if you're unmarried because sex is between husband and wife. It's a covenant relationship. So sex isn't um, something that one does simply because you're in love. No. Sex isn't something that you do simply between a couple that are committed to one another. Mm-hmm. Now, marriage is both those yes. things, of course. Yes. Sex is within a relationship that takes it one step further and makes a covenant, that is a, a vow taken before God that is unbreakable for that reason and is sealed by the act of sex. So anything outside of that covenant this scripture is talking about, anything outside of that covenant of marriage that's sexual is called immorality. Right. And so that's um, why he refers to it that way. Yeah, absolutely. The reason this is powerful is mm. he says in 6.16, he says the two will become one flesh. Yes. So when you have sex, you're becoming one flesh. And the yes. comparison he's making is with our relationship with Christ. Yeah. He's saying um, Jesus knows us so intimately. It's almost like our soul is naked before him. Nothing we can hide from him. No. He knows us, and when you come to Christ, you realize how known you are mm. and how intimately seen you are. That's how close yeah. the relationship yeah. is. And he's making that comparison between husband and wife, that when you have sex, there is a coming together of both body and soul. So It's, it's not, not just skin on skin. That's exactly. What he like it's not just six no. skin on sin. It's skin, skin on, on skin. sin. Skin on skin. <laughs> it's the coming together that. of <clears throat> one's soul. And so that's important to understand because when you have sex outside of marriage, you are also creating soul ties. Yes, yes, absolutely. And therefore, and therefore, um, in that context, you're creating bonds that aren't sitting within the blessing of God's covenant relationship. Uh, and therefore, that's an area in which God wants to go, let's yeah. deal with that. And, and and also we were talking about the fact that you know even in Christian circles today there is a there is a opinion or a a thought or a mentality that says um, if we have sex together we're married or um, uh, or you know you know we're committed right and uh, and you can be committed to a lot of people yes can't you, can you? love a lot of people. you can love a lot of people yeah. um, but having sex with someone doesn't mean that you're married no. um, uh, it you know and 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 you know to say you're engaged and having sex together, it's still outside of the covenant. I guess, you know, what we would say out of, you know, being over 50 now is that, you know, in life and in scripture, there's a lot of black and white. 
There are greys too. There are lots of shades of grey in many areas, even pastorally, but there are many areas where it's black and white. And this is where it isn't popular today to talk about this, but we believe this is a black and white topic in many respects. Yeah. Um, that God has made sexual activity to be um, beautifully enjoyed and experienced and explored within that marriage covenant. I love the fact that the Bible is yep. black and white because it, yeah. it's so much more freeing knowing oh, yeah. the will of God. So true. And knowing, uh, knowing yeah. how much that's going to benefit the health of us. But, hey, I think we have to get real a little bit because okay. um, yeah. sex, we, we are wired as human beings to have sexual desire. And an appetite. And an appetite. And for some, that sexual appetite can be really strong. And Paul talks about that um, and addresses that. And he gives advice for it. What What would be his advice? Well, well yeah, he goes flee from sexual immorality. Right but, away from it. but at the same time, you know, as you said, we've got to be real with how do we deal with all this? This is not an easy journey. Mm. It, you know, it takes a lot of self-control and commitment to the holy spirit um and uh and oh, this is this is the bit that you were going to talk about here yep. yeah self-control M- mastery mastery of our urges so um uh love you were talking about this love is self-control when right. it says in one corinthians yeah in galatians 5 it actually says that self-control is a fruit is a fruit of the, the spirit. spirit so um if if we were to say well love is uh a license for me to have sex with someone then where do you place self-control? Maybe it's self-control really is also a very valid expression of one's love for someone. If ultimately, who does yeah. our body belong to? If we're love to honor that. our bodies by serving the Lord, then we're to honor uh, a partner's body also. Therefore, if we're not yet married, one of the greatest expressions of love is a demonstration of self-control. Self-control is, uh, a, is as wonderful mm-hmm. an expression as sexual That's intercourse. Absolutely it's true. a fruit of the spirit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's important for us to find ways to flee from sexual immorality, show self-control. And here are a couple of pieces of advice. If Good. if Go becoming it. one flesh is is the coming together of soul and emotion, one of our pieces of advice would be be just be careful how much you open up your emotional world to someone of the opposite sex. Yes. Uh, if you're not yet married, be careful how deeply you share because what you may start to find you do is create an emotional bond which increases the physical temptation. That's true. Um, try and find same-sex um, friends for whom you can share and offload with and as believers, pray with and be, be accountable with, with yeah, be real with. Absolutely. Um, so, so that you are decreasing that temptation. If you struggled in the area of pornography, yes. that heightens yep. and increases your sexual appetite. Yep. Yep. Um, talk to someone. Talk, talk to, to someone, someone you trust. Who maybe has been there before and found a, a, a breakthrough in it. Uh, it's really good to be able to do that. Because yeah. as Paul says, do all you can to flee from these things that are going to pull you in to the temptation of sexual immorality. You know, and, that, and that's why, you know, we, we, we got married and, and we met and married pretty quick. We did. That was Paul's <laughs> advice. He says, no, if you've got a high advice. sexual appetite, he says, get married. Quick. So we got married as students. We weren't even finished. I wasn't even finished my university, but we actually said, we're not going to wait three years. Um, 
because uh, it will be too hard. Yes. So we did. And that didn't make it easy. But, but do that with advice. Don't yeah. just, yeah, make sure you're marrying the right person. Yes, um, very but that true. that is an answer he gave. You're Absolutely. right. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, um, Lisby. Yes, Steve. Let's I'm talk this. a little bit about this. people. I'm loving this. <laughs> uh, why don't we talk into the situation of people who are, are married. Okay. Um, who perhaps are experiencing um, the fact they're having less sex or less quality sex. Okay. And what Anyone would be some that? of the reasons <laughs> um, that that might occur in, in a married couple's life? Well, yeah. I mean, we, we, we've been talking about um, different seasons of life. Definitely, like when you've got young kids, when you're going through menopause, when your seasons of anxiety and stress and being worried, they can all affect your sexual life, your sexual experience, your sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you so know, medications even you medications can, yeah. it's just, it's so good to be aware of those, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, memories that get triggered when you're in sexual intimacy. So either through abuse, through pornography, through... Um, previous unhealthy sexual relationships. Previous relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think, yeah, we to stress lowers the libido. Yeah. It just... It does, and so finding ways to de-stress yourself and each other is actually very important very for important. your sexual relationship. Investing in romance, romance so takes it, two. as you start to do less of that, it can lessen the sexual experiences. That's right. And I think a big one today is expectations, yes, yes. because we have such a sex-crazed society. Mm-hmm. We've painted these pictures of what. Hollywood? A sexual experience should be like. Mm-hmm. And if it's not like that, we don't think our sex life is good. No. And so, therefore, our motivation for it may be less or we feel like we're not performing well. And, and so, we need to be careful of not setting our expectations so high. And knowing that, you know, within husband and wife, it needs to be a safe place. And, you know, coming back to that scripture where Paul says your bodies belong to each other, you know, that's a... That takes some working through. It's like everything, we might go, whoa, what does that mean? But that's where we have to go to the Holy Spirit and go, renew my mind to believe this, to, for it to bring life to me, not, not fear or anxiety, but, mm-hmm. but life. So I can let go and, and, and let God move in it all. Right. Uh, and a really important thing that we would encourage you to do is talk together. Yeah. There will be seasons you go through where one of you has a higher sexual appetite than the other, and then the good reasons for it but talk about it yes. how can uh, paul is, is saying there it's the resp- mm. our bodies belong to the lord but also to one another we're there to uh, give sexual satisfaction to one another mm. how can i help give you sexual satisfaction even if i'm not desiring it right now talk those things through communicate to one another rather than uh, closing down on one another yeah. sex is one of the most important foundation stones of a healthy married life and many of you out there will be going amen right now <laughs> amen so um i think it's really we wanted to tie all of this back into discipleship because you know that's our heart as mm-hmm. pastors that, that that this doesn't this isn't about wanting to bring judgment or condemnation to anyone it's about us being real and saying we want you to live the most authentic life of christ with integrity mm-hmm. and 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 it brings us back to jesus okay like it always does that jesus says 
I'm calling you to walk the narrow path. So let's just take this from Matthew 7, 13. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the path that leads to life, and only a find few only a few find it. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about life here that Jesus says down that narrow path, when you choose to pay the price, when you choose to stand out and be different and say, my body doesn't belong to me and it belongs to God. And you walk down that road, you actually find incredible freedom, restoration, cleansing, healing, um, uh, a whole new understanding of how you've been created. And I wrote this down as I was thinking about this scripture. I said, the wide path is full of opinion, right? The broad path is full of people's opinions about what you should do with your body. It's yours. Do what you like. Don't judge me. I won't judge you. It's full of opinions, but the narrow path is full of submission. That's brilliant. And there's a very big difference. We're called not to judge the world. We're not called to be judging what the world does. That's God's job. Paul in this scripture just before in chapter four or five says, Actually, we're here to judge those of us within the church because we're here to egg each other on, to urge each other to be the very best, to be different, to live Christ-like lives. So we're here to be accountable to one another. We're here because we, when we are part of the body of Christ, we're all one, that we share in our sufferings, we share in our joys. So when one of us is off doing something behind the scenes, behind closed doors that's not of God and it's not honoring our body, it actually affects all of us, but we tend to take this sexual arena as quite private and quite hidden and go, don't talk to me about it. Mm. But Jesus says, you know what? We've got to get bigger than that. We have to be able to listen and sharpen each other, give each other great advice and, and, and allow ourselves to flick opinion and go to get conviction. So good. We need to be people right. who are convicted by scripture right. on this area of our lives so that we know what we're doing because we're following the will of God through Scripture, right? Brilliant. Would you agree? So it comes all yeah. the way back to that question, who does our body, body belong to? Who so true. is the Lord of this entity? Yes. And will we walk that narrow path where yeah. God wants to lead us into a beautiful experience of a sexual relationship with a married partner? But we realize that that's not everyone's experience. No. And so as we draw this to a close, in yes. just a moment, we're going to hand back uh, to your pastor who's going to pray and give an opportunity to pray for people. Yes. We realize that some of you have had uh, very negative experiences in sexual relationships, maybe due to abuse. Maybe your conscience has shown you uh, that you've yeah. been in a sexual activity outside of marriage that you shouldn't have been, and you're feeling so guilty about it. You're feeling shame. Maybe you haven't had that re- uh, revelation yet, and you are in a sexual relationship yeah. outside of marriage. Uh, and this has given you food for thought. And uh, we pray that the Holy Spirit would speak yes, to you. And so not, he's not there to judge you or accuse you, but rather speak to you and lead you into paths that are even better still and greater still. And so we want to proclaim over all of you listening today, there is freedom from guilt. Yeah. There is uh, purity where you feel like you've been defiled. There is fresh starts for every single one of us. There is freedom where you're seeking it in Christ. Your future does not have to be defined by your past. Whatever that has looked like. Today is a brand new start. Today is a fresh opportunity. 
And so allow the grace of the Holy Spirit to come on this moment as your pastors pray for you. Yeah. God Amen. bless you. Well, thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked Him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from Him. And today, I want to invite you to come back to Him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.